Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. How's my church family doing? Not too bad. Well, it's good to see everybody. Uh, of course, I- I'm not the senior pastor. Senior pastor Justin, he is with his family down in Southwest Florida, enjoying some time away right now and just getting recharged and ready to be able to come back to an awesome season of ministry. And I got a feeling there's a chance that the Chambers family might be joining us live for the 1045 service. So can we just show our senior pastors some love from Plymouth, Indiana? Come on, come on. It's always such an honor and a privilege to be able to come and and speak and and bring God's word to each and every one of you. And uh, today is no different. I wanted to kind of tell you about a time, uh, I was probably about, 12 or 13 years old. And uh, it was at the church that I grew up in, in Fort Myers, Florida. At the time it was called Covenant Community Ministries. Now it's known as CityGate. And um, they had a really neat outreach ministry that they did there. And, And it really stuck out to me. And what this outreach was, was it was a three on three men's basketball league, essentially. And it was tremendous because the, where we were positioned uh, in the city, we were just like two blocks away from the inner city and then about two blocks away from multi-million dollar houses on the Caloosahatchee River. So we had a very interesting demographic to minister to that God gave us. And so when they launched this three-on-three basketball league, I thought, Man, even as a 12, 13-year-old, I thought, man, this, this, is, this might be a little silly. Like, how many people are going to be reached for Jesus, right, through a three-on-three basketball league? Well, it was remarkable. It was unbelievable. They would have hundreds of young men come and play on these three-on-three. They'd play a few games, and then there was a moment of ministry. The uh, pastor would usually have a guest speaker come in, kind of share a devotional, share the gospel, and then they'd go back and play a few more games of basketball. Well, it was amazing the amount of young men that came to the knowledge of Jesus through this three-on-three basketball league. And one of the things that stood out to me as a kid was hearing what some of them would say. I remember hearing one young man say, man, this is amazing. I didn't think you could have this much fun at church. And that really resonated with me because, you know, that is the case. A lot of people don't realize that it's okay to have fun at church. It's okay to have fun in your life. So as I, I feel like God kind of brought that story back to me as I was preparing a message and thinking, hey, what am I going to share with New Song on Sunday morning? And that had come to me. And so that's why today the message is titled, Make It Fun. Can you say, make it fun? Make it fun. fun. If you're watching at home, you can put that in the chat, but make it fun in there. And, And if there was a subtitle to it, it would be adding joy to the journey. Because we know that the journey sometimes is difficult. 
Uh, we, we've all taken different routes to where we are right now, and, and the journey is always going to be a little difficult, so we could use a little bit of joy. And, and I found this amazing scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 15, and I want you to take a look at this verse. I mean, this is amazing. I bet you didn't know this is in the Bible. Like, this is God's word. I did not make this up, all right? It says this. It says, so I recommend having fun because there is nothing better. Would you say nothing better? There is nothing better for the people in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. That way, they will experience some happiness along with all of the hard work God gives us under the sun. So we're gonna talk about making it fun today. But let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for this tremendous privilege and opportunity, Lord, to bring your word, to communicate your, your word to the people, your people, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that you would speak through me. Lord, that through the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that these would be your words and not mine and that they would penetrate the hearts of every single person that's here in this building as well as at home watching online. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. So it's something important. Obviously, we're talking about adding joy to the journey. And I wanna ask you, how many of you could use a little bit more joy in your journey? Come on, a little bit. There's a few of you, right? There's some of you going, no, I'm good, pastor. Like, I got so much joy, I, I don't know what to do with myself. But for those of you that, that would like a little bit more joy, I get it. And, and the thing is, is that everyone wants to enjoy their life, but not everybody truly knows how to. And, and I have to, I can't proceed without kind of giving a little bit of a disclaimer on this verse and on this message, because as important as it is to know what the Bible is saying, we also need to be attentive to what the Bible is not saying in something. And so I think it's important to know that the Bible in Ecclesiastes 8.15 that we just read, it's not saying that nothing matters except having fun. Like, don't, don't hear that. Don't, don't, don't read that into it. Don't add that. I mean, we've learned Jesus gave us the parable of the prodigal son, right? And, and the prodigal son went out and, and, and he lived a life that was only focused on things and having fun. And that didn't turn out so well. So just know that's not what it's saying. It's not saying that nothing matters except having fun. But what it is saying, however, is that there is nothing better than having fun while you're doing this life, while you're working hard. There's nothing better than having fun when you're going to church, when you're serving others and putting others before yourself. Solomon in this is basically saying that there is nothing better than having fun as an ingredient in your life. And how many of you in here enjoy food? How many of you enjoy food? Come on, somebody. It may be a shock to you. I too enjoy food, right? You didn't have to laugh that loud. That kind of hurt my feelings. But we enjoy food. And, and if you had a meal prepared for you, if like we could pull out some of the top chefs in the world right now and say, hey, pair up with these people, prepare them a meal. You don't want a meal made with just one ingredient. 
right? Because the best chefs creating the best meals, right, use multiple ingredients. And I want to use, we'll use a simple example here, right? We keep it simple. That's the way I like to do it. Let's use pizza for an example, all right? If you're going to make a pizza, you don't want just cheese. Now, my five-year-old son would disagree with me on that. He would say, no, dad, let's leave it at just cheese. That's plenty. Let's not get crazy. But of course, that comes from, he's got a grandpa that says, I only like one taste at a time. But normally, you don't want to have just cheese. Normally, you would start with cheese, but then add other ingredients to make the best pizza possible. It's the same concept. If you want to live the best life possible, then don't get caught in a frame of mind that just gives you one ingredient. And you see, fun is just one of the essential ingredients of living out your God-given purpose to which is ultimately your best life. You see, we hear that all the time. You see it on social media. Living my best life. Hashtag best life. But we know as believers, right, that if you're going to live your best life, it's going to be that God-given purpose life that actually goes and makes a difference. And fun is just one of the essential ingredients in that. So this morning, I want to give you four things that I feel like you need to know about fun. And the first thing is this, fun is intentional. Fun is intentional. You you have to make the choice to have fun. Right now, I realize that funny things can happen to you and you didn't see it coming or, or something, something crazy happens around you, unexpected, catches you off guard, and next thing you know, you're cracking up laughing. We've all experienced that. I get that. But really, there's two basic types of fun. There's that kind of fun that kind of happens to you, and then there's fun that happens through you. And if you're going to experience the kind of fun that happens through you, you're going to have to be intentional about it. It's not just going to hit you upside the head. You've got to be intentional. And something that I've noticed, and I wonder if you've noticed that before too, is that some of the most essential and most meaningful things in life are not innately fun. I mean, think about that. They're not fun. Things like going to work. Sometimes that's not all that fun. Getting an education, saving money, building relationships, raising children. Can I get an amen from the parents in the room? Raising children, taking care of an ailing spouse or a sick child, bringing your tithe to God, learning the Bible. I could go on and on with meaningful things in life that can become a burden. They can become absolute drudgery unless you intentionally choose to make them a joy in your life. I mean, use that example of of learning the Bible. I mean, we all can agree that it's good to know God's word, right? We can all agree that to know God's word and to understand the commands and the promises that he's given us in his word is something very important and meaningful. But if you don't make it fun, 
if you don't find a way to celebrate the process, then it just becomes burdensome. And then all of a sudden, these meaningful things in life will become the very things that you loathe and that you get frustrated by and that you do everything you possibly can to avoid them. Let me give you an example. Has anybody ever started off the year saying, this is the year I'm gonna read the Bible cover to cover. And then about January 15th, maybe the end of January, you have through the power of the Holy Spirit and excitement, you have got your way to Leviticus. And then it's done. I know Pastor Pat and I, when he was here, we used to kind of laugh about that and say, it seems like Leviticus is kind of like that book in the Bible where reading plans go to die right? You're so excited. You're, you're looking forward to it. You're joy filled. I'm going to read scripture. It's going to be amazing. And then you go through all these lineages and these laws and you're like, okay, I'm done. Like, I, I can't do this. You got to be intentional with it. Thank God for Bible in a year plans that we have now with awesome stuff like version Bible app. Man, if you don't have that, download it today. It's free. It's amazing. You can do a, a Bible in a year plan and it's wonderful. It, it kind of skips around. You get some scripture. Man, you get a Psalm a day. You get a proverb a day. It's amazing. It allows you to be intentional and to continue to choose joy and have some fun with it. We've got to be intentional and we got to make it fun. Can you say make it fun? Make it fun. You know, there's something that we do, my wife and I, uh, Mallory, uh, with Project 412. That's the youth group that we have the honor and privilege to be able to lead here at New Song. And COVID kind of threw a, a curveball at us with it. But something that we did and we are going to continue to do is called First Saturday Serve. And, and it really what it is, is we tell the teens, hey, grab your friends, put on some work clothes. We're going to go out and serve our community. Let's go be the hands and feet of Jesus. And I mean, we've done everything with these kids. I mean, we've done yard cleanup. We've done food bank restocking. We've done box truck detailing. We've helped people move. We've helped people move again. We've helped a couple people move. And then we got a big truck and helped people move. And then we've also painted detached garages and barns. And, and it's, it's really to teach the teenagers two things. Number one, it's to teach them that putting others' needs before your own is important. It's scriptural, right? Because they keep hearing in culture today, no, you need to look out for number one. You need to look out for you before you worry about anybody else. And I have to tell them, no, you got to understand, man, the biblical view on this is actually what Christ tells us, and that is to put others' needs before our own. So let's go and let's be the hands and feet of Jesus. The other thing that I want to teach them, which arguably might even be the more important of the two, is that they get to choose their attitude and their perspective on that particular day. They can either look at it one of two ways. They can look at it as, man, 
that don't sound like a very fun way to spend my Saturday. Or they could look at it like, man, man, let's get my friends together. Let's get our work clothes on. Let's go have fun serving the community. Let's go have fun being able to be a blessing, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And it's not just the teenagers, new song. It applies to each and every one of us. We have some options. I mean, throughout the week, we have options. On Sunday morning, we have options. For those that are on the dream team can totally understand this. Dream teamers have an option. They can either be like, you know what? Man, this is the third week in a row that we have had to greet. This is the second week in a row we have had to work as ushers. Oh, oh, drudgery. But I'm gonna stick through it. I'm gonna suffer for Jesus. Or you can have the attitude of, whew, it's Sunday morning. I get to get dressed and go and serve Jesus. I get to serve others. Oh man, this is my third week in a row that I get the opportunity to have the possibility of a divine appointment that God set up with somebody that I can be a blessing to them and maybe even help affect their eternity. It's all about your attitude. It's all about your perspective. Do you see the difference? You have to have the right attitude and the right perspective and you have to choose to make it fun. You know, Jesus tells us in scripture that we are to be the light of the world. How many knows that this world we live in, it is spiritually dark. I mean, you, you, all you have to do is turn on the news and you'll see just, just how spiritually heavy this world is. I guarantee we're probably where you go to work, man, it is spiritually heavy. There's some places you just walk in and you just feel an added load get put on you. Many of you, maybe where you go to school, you can tell, man, there is a spiritual heaviness. Man, it is just dark. And we're called to be the light, but guess what? We can't be the light to the world if we're gonna have this dark attitude and this dark perspective of, ugh, ugh. The world doesn't need another Eeyore, right? You ever watch Winnie the Pooh? Okay, all right, Pooh. I guess I gotta go to work. Like, who, who, who's gonna want to be any part of that? Like, if you're gonna shine at work or at school or wherever you're at, man, you need to be shining and not be dim and dreary, not negative and sad. So what that means is things like you go to work and the boss is a jerk. <laughs> you have to choose joy and decide to make it fun. You're at school, teacher's in a bad mood, sorry. You need to choose joy and make it fun. Man, you work in customer service, God bless your soul, and somebody is calling you everything in the book, and it's not even your fault, it's not your deal, 
guess what? We're called to choose joy, make it fun. Is it easy? Absolutely not. But are we called to do it? Absolutely. We need to realize that there is nothing better for you as a person. There's nothing better for a marriage. There's nothing better for a home or a family. There's nothing better for a church than having fun. So we know that fun is intentional. The second thing, fun is spiritual. And and that might confuse some people. You know, especially the, the haughty religious people. They would say, wait a second, I don't know what you're talking about. Fun and, fun and church do not mix. Church is supposed to be endured, not enjoyed. There's people like that out there, I promise you. They literally think that the less fun they're having, the more somber they are, the more spiritual they are. Some of you maybe know somebody like that. Those are the people that when they hear fun, They think, wait, fun is carnal. Fun is secular. Fun is trivial. Fun. I mean, these are the people that literally would think that there is nothing spiritual about having fun. But there is. Fun as an extension of joy is fuel for your soul. I would go as far as saying it can be a form of food for your spirit. And if you, don't, if you don't believe me, let's look at Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22. It says, a happy heart is good medicine and a joyful mind causes healing. But a broken spirit, man, that'll dry up your bones. Fun is spiritual. And to say that, I I think I need to dig just a touch deeper. And and that is, I can't deliver you a box of fun. It's not physical. You can't go to Walmart and purchase fun. Money can't make you have fun. It can help, but it can't make you have fun. How do we know that? We know that because there are people in this world that have tons of fun and very little money. And there's people in this world that have tons of money and yet have very little fun. Fun is spiritual. Laughter and joy help us to get through the tough times. Laughter and joy help us to get through the valleys in our life and Listen, I'm not naive enough to to think that there wasn't somebody in the room or somebody watching at home that the moment I said that today's message was titled, Make It Fun, they were like, oh, come on, Pastor Josh. Do you not watch the news? Do you not know what's going on in my life? Do you not realize that it's tough at work? that I don't even know if I'm going to have a job when this is all said and done. I mean, do you know it's tough at home? Pastor, I've had to actually talk to my wife for the last eight weeks. I've had to hang around my kids for eight weeks 
It's tough. I need, I need a serious sermon, pastor. I don't need to talk about fun. I don't need to talk about adding joy to my journey. To which my response would be, I believe that's exactly why God placed on my heart this week to bring this message and to remind us all that we are not to just endure the journey of life, that we are to add joy to the journey. This just in, Jesus is okay with you having a good time while you serve people, while you serve him. He's okay with it. I hope that set somebody free today. So don't allow yourself to ever get a mindset that underestimates the spiritual nature of having fun as an ingredient in your life. I mean, I know firsthand some, through some experiences that I've had just in ministry that fun and laughter can actually bring joy, can bring healing. I'll never forget. Many of you probably know Ray and Denise Driver. They were here in first service and I think they hung around and normally you see them greet people either in the sanctuary or at the front doors. And I remember the day that Ray contacted us and, and he said, guys, I, I don't even know how to say this. I don't know how to present it. So I'm just going to say it. My daughter, who's in her 30s, did not wake up this morning. She lives down in Indianapolis and her husband just called me and said she passed. In that moment, we said as a staff, we're like, okay, we just, we're dropping whatever we're doing right now. We're gonna go over to the driver's house and we're gonna go minister to them. I never expected going over there that they would minister to me. As we go over there, I, I remember, of course, as we walk in, of course, it's, there's a lot of crying, there's mourning, there's sobbing, there's, understandably, there's people that are upset, there's people that are angry, confused. And yet I remember there was this amazing time, few hours of being there. And all of a sudden they started, it started with one and they just kind of shared a funny memory of Pam and her kids. And, and, and then, then it started rolling. Then, then the whole family was sharing kind of this funny moment that they remembered Pam by. And I got to see something amazing happen. I got to see joy in a room. And how many know that joy is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit? And, and I learned in that moment that as, as they were having fun, as they were laughing with one another, even in this somber time, man, they were inviting in the Holy Spirit. And can I tell you something, church? When the Holy Spirit enters a room, heaviness has to leave. It has no other option. It was so amazing. You could literally tangibly feel the heaviness in that room lift as they were willing to share some funny stories about their Pam. I'll never forget being in the hospital room with a young couple that, that had their three-month-old baby on a ventilator 
and it was time that they were going to have to to pull the plug and see what happens. So much heaviness. I can't imagine what they must have been going through in their mind, in their heart. I'm sure there was anger and sadness and confusion and all kinds of things going on. But then there was this amazing moment that they asked. They said, hey, can we play some music? Can we play some worship music or something? And I'm like, oh, thank God for technology. I'm like, yes. So I grabbed my phone, find a worship playlist on Spotify, and we just blared it in there. And it was so amazing what started to transpire in that room. I mean, it was not only ministering to us, it was ministering to the parents. It was ministering to the doctors and nurses that kept coming in to check the vitals. I mean, they'd come in and they would just be overwhelmed and then they'd have to walk out and they'd have tears in their face. And then there's just this amazing moment where I remember the dad looked up at me and he said, like, Pastor, what's going on? Like, why, why, why am I okay? Why am I at peace right now? Like, I should be a wreck. Like, I, I should be a mess. And I was like, man, you're experiencing the tangible presence of our God through the Holy Spirit. And, and, and the baby passed, and then the family was able to kind of come in and, and uh, see the baby for the last time, so they think. And it's amazing that when they came in, even uh, the grandfather, who is not a believer, he comes in the room. The moment he walks in the room, he goes, whoa, what, what is that? <laughs> like he could, he could tangibly feel that where there should be heaviness, there was actually joy. And I mean, it was an amazing moment. Like we got, we prayed. It, it was a phenomenal time of ministry. And it showed me that, man, when there's joy, when you invite the Holy Spirit into a room, heaviness has to go. It has no other option. And I read a quote here recently uh, from a gal by the name of Lena Horn. She was a civil rights leader in the 50s and 60s. And she said something pretty profound. She said, it's not the load that breaks you down. It's the way you carry it. Man, those are powerful words. And and when I read that, it really resonated with me personally because, and and many of you probably don't know this, but right in the beginning of this whole COVID thing, um, we got a call from our family that said, hey, we need you to come and and, and pick up uh, your baby niece at six days old and take emergency guardianship of her. So of course we did. And, and we went and we picked her up and, and brought her back. And, and I've told people, you know, couples normally get about nine months to wrap their mind around having an infant in the house. We got almost a week. And it, there's been times that it's been difficult. I mean, there, there, there have been multiple, almost sleepless nights where you're waking up every few hours and then feeding the baby. And, you know, there's been tear-filled conversations with our kids who are five and three, just trying to explain 
to them, you know, okay, is the baby going to stay here with us? Is the baby going to go somewhere else? You know, and then trying to explain to a, a little three-year-old girl why it's okay. Mommy's attention has to kind of be on the baby right now, but we still love all of you equally. It definitely added to the load. But can I tell you, man, that baby's been a blessing to us because it's put us in a spot where we had to be intentional. Mallory and I had to sit down at one point and say, hey, we're gonna choose joy. We're gonna choose to have fun with this opportunity. And what an awesome opportunity it is to be able to be there. I said, man, we get to live out the gospel of bringing on this little girl and, and loving her and showing her that she's loved and that she's cared for. But it definitely added to the load. But we made our choice on how to carry the load. We said, you know what? Not only are we gonna choose joy, but we're gonna give it to God. Like we're gonna give it all to him. And we're just gonna trust that his plan is good and that he has the best intentions for that baby he has that best intentions for us. We're gonna to choose to give it to God. And New Song, can I just share with you the fact that the moment you figure out that no matter what the size of load you have, because we all have a different size load that we're carrying right now, individually in this room, watching at home online, we all have a different size load. But the moment that we realize that no matter the size of the load, we can't carry it alone. The moment that you realize that and that you truly give it all to God is the moment when you'll be able to take a breath and start to experience joy again in your life. Because I really believe that God had that for somebody in this room or watching online, that they're saying, Pastor, I haven't experienced joy in so long, I forgot it existed. Well, I'm telling you, stop trying to carry the load on your own back and give it to God, and then you'll be able to start to experience joy. Because here's the thing, New Song, I can promise you this. You are way stronger than you think when Jesus is in your corner. Way stronger than you think. Fun is spiritual. The third thing is fun is relational. And maybe you've noticed this in your life, but fun brings people together. Everybody enjoys having a good time. Everybody enjoys fun. Our friendships get better. Our marriages get stronger. The relationship with our kids is healthier when there is fun. Think about it from a parent standpoint, because I know there's some parents in the room, there's parents at home watching. If mom and dad are playful and fun, kids can't wait to get home and get through the doors and get some hugs, right? But if mom and dad are always stern and serious through all things, what are you doing? I'm going to hold you down. It becomes a dread to come home for a kid. Maybe there's some of you in the room that you experience that. 
She's like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Man, it was, man, dad was so rough on me, man. It was, oh, it was a dread to come home. Man, don't do that. So I'm telling you, as a youth pastor, I've had an, the opportunity uh, to be able to see and talk with many different kinds of parents. And, and here's the thing. The good thing is, is the vast majority of parents mean well. They really mean well for their kids. They just want their kids to grow up and do something with their life that makes a difference. But it's very interesting because I've talked to some parents that are way over here and I would deem it like ultra strict and almost somber and just serious at all times. And they live in a fear that their kids are gonna grow up and be delinquents, that they're gonna mess their kids up if they don't hold them under the hammer. And I'm like, you realize you're, you're actually not helping. If anything, you might be hurting the situation. And, and, and I really believe that that's for somebody that's listening to this, is stop living in constant fear that you're gonna mess up your kids. I really believe that, that if you would, would, would kind of do these things here to begin with, your kids are gonna be just fine. And that is disciple them and discipline them when they need discipline. Love them when they need loved. Guide them when they need guidance. Always point them back to Jesus and have fun with them often. Parenting is always going to be better when you have fun because fun is relational. And you really need to take a kind of an inventory of your life sometimes. And you need to ask yourself, am I in relationship with, and am I positively influencing the people around me? Because it, if you're not, you need to think maybe that you're drinking a little too much lemonade with no sugar. Maybe you need to lighten up a little bit and then perhaps there'll be some more people that wanna come hang out in your airspace if you'd be willing to have a little bit more fun. Which brings me to my final point for the morning. And that is this, fun is attractional. It's attractional. And you know this, especially if you grew up in a house where there was no fun and you went to a friend's house where they were having fun, chances are that you wanted to be at your friend's house more than you wanted to be at your house. Now, I happen to be super blessed in that the house that I lived in, we were the fun house on the neighborhood, on the block. Man, they had, parents had to come down and grab kids and drag them home from our house because we liked to have fun down at the Johnson family house. We enjoyed having fun. It was important to us. Maybe some of you, maybe it's not so much at home, but maybe some of you, if you've ever worked in an environment where there was no fun, I mean, fun was discouraged by your supervisor and everybody above you. And then you get an opportunity to work somewhere where they are having fun. There's nothing better. You, can't, you catch my drift? You know where I'm going with that? There's nothing better. Let's bring it away from kind of the business world. Let's bring it to the church world. 
Can I be honest with you? There are some Christians out there that are way too serious. Way too serious. There are some churches out there way too serious. They refuse to have fun. They say, man, there, there is no place for fun and godliness. Wrong. Because here's the thing that I will guarantee you. If you were to go and you were to go visit some of these churches that refuse to have fun, that, that refuse to enjoy any element of the church experience, you're gonna see a common theme. And that common theme, no people. You're not gonna see any people there because here's the thing. Believe it or not, people are not attracted to what resembles a funeral every week, especially when nobody's died that they know. It's fun is attractional. And new song, I'm telling you, Jesus is alive. We have hope. Our God is good. We have every reason to sing. We have every reason to dance. We have every reason to celebrate. So why would we be somber? Why would we stay quiet? We need to celebrate. We need to add some joy to the journey. He deserves it. Fun is attractional. This is so important for you guys to understand today. You think about this. Jesus, we read in scripture that the kids would flock to him. You remember that verse of scripture that actually says there was a time when Jesus was teaching and the children started to flock around him and the disciples were trying to play bodyguard and they're like, get away, get away. Jesus don't have no time for you, get away. Have you ever seen a child flock to somebody that's not fun? Like, like when you show up to family Christmas, do the kids flock to that curmudgeon uncle that's always complaining about everything? No. They flock to the fun person in the family. They run up, ah, it's uncle so-and-so, yeah. I truly believe. I don't think it's a stretch to think Jesus was a pretty fun guy. I think he enjoyed, I think he was all about at times adding some joy to the journey. And I wanted to use this illustration. Illustrations help me learn, so I figured maybe it'll help you. Let's just pretend for a moment that we went to the grocery store together and we're walking down the cookie aisle looking for some cookies. And you've seen these sitting on the shelf next to each other. Which one are you grabbing? Probably grabbing these guys, right? Because you're probably looking at that going, I don't want no busted paper bag. Don't know where it's been. Don't know who touched it. Don't even know what's in it. Not interested in that. And let's be honest, you look at that. You, if I showed you that, I was like, oh, here you go. Here's some cookies. You'd be like, what? Okay. I show you this. You'd be like, mm-hmm. Come on, somebody. I want me some of those. I find it amazing how this makes you want what's on the inside. The, the, the package makes you want the contents. 
And it kind of drives me crazy when I hear people say, well, well, just you don't have to worry about how you act or you behave or who you interact with people. Just let the power of God, you know, fix people and heal people. And I say, yes, the power of God can transform a life. Don't get me wrong. But here's the problem. Most of those people, they don't know God, but they know you. They haven't met Jesus yet, but they met you. So you have to ask this question. Does knowing me make other people want to know Jesus or not? You know, in Matthew chapter five, Jesus, he calls us to be salt and light to the world. That used to confuse me. Salt of the earth, what are you talking about? You gotta understand the times. Salt was the main seasoning. If you were gonna season your food in Bible times, you had salt or salt. And so what Jesus is trying to say is that when, if we're gonna be the salt of the earth, that when we're in the proximity and the area of our friends, our coworkers, our classmates, our family, that our life should be making their life taste better. What kind of flavor are you adding to people's lives around you? Jesus very clearly said, I have come that you might have life more abundantly. Jesus didn't come to make your life a misery. Jesus didn't come to say, hey, I have come so that I can keep you down and that you'll be miserable. No. He very clearly said, I've come so that you can have life more abundantly. Would you stand with me, new song? I just want to close here. I want to pray with you. Then we're going to give Jesus all we got with some time of praise. But Jesus didn't come to make you miserable. Jesus came to the earth through a virgin birth, lived a sinless life. He died on a Roman cross, paying the ultimate sin price for our sin debt. We owed it, he did it. He paid for it. But he didn't stay dead. He was raised to life three days later, proving that he was exactly who he said he was, the Son of God. And I want to be completely transparent with everybody in the room right now. Jesus might not change your situation, but you better believe that Jesus can and he will change you from the inside out. Man, would you close your eyes with me? I wanna give an opportunity because I believe there's some people in this room. I believe there's some people watching at home online that maybe they're saying, man, Pastor Josh, what you've had to say today really resonated with me. And, and Pastor Josh, I need to make that first step in my life. I need to accept Christ as my savior. I've been doing this my own way, on my own for far too long. And it's time that I surrender to you. If that's you, 
I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand right now. But what I will ask you is that when we get ready to pray, the first part of that prayer is going to be for you. And you can choose to either say it word for word. You can make it your own. Here's the important thing. The important thing isn't the words. It's that you say what you mean and you mean what you say. And then I want to ask a second question. Who in here, and I will ask you to raise your hand with this, but every eye is closed. Who in here would admit you need to add some joy to your journey? Come on, who's in here? Hands going up all over the place. I'm sure there's some people in their pajamas eating some cereal right now, raising their hands saying, that's me. I'm gonna pray that God gives you some joy for your journey. Let's pray. Jesus, Lord, I am sorry for trying to do this life on my own. I've done it for far too long. And today I give my life to you. I believe that you died on the cross for me. I believe that you raised again three days later. I believe that you are the son of God. And I ask you to change me from the inside out and I will serve you all the rest of my days. And Lord, for those that would say, man, I need to add some joy to my journey. I need to lighten up. If fun is attractional, and I know I need to attract some people to Jesus, Lord, help lighten me up. Lord, help me to be able to be more fun so that more people come in my airspace and that I can tell them about you. Lord, give them that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. New song, there's nothing better than to live this life for Christ and enjoy every step of the way. But you gotta make a choice to do it. Let's make that choice today. When we go out those doors, we're gonna add some joy to our journey. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life. And we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.